0: Auburn proved many things Saturday night. But one of those was, it's the best available job in all of college football. Listen,
1: put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked on Auburn. Your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day,
0: yes. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Monday! It means we're joined by Lindsay Crosby, writer at auburndaily.com, host of Locked On MLB Prospects. Lindsay, what an incredible night! Saturday night, Jordan Hare Stadium was packed. It seemed like it was two teams fighting for the opportunity to go to Atlanta. For the SEC championship but instead it was two three and six teams going at it but all of this energy and all this excitement and all this support for Carnell Williams and for these players on the field this narrative that Ole Miss fans or Oregon fans or, or whoever wants to put out and say hey you know Auburn's not a better job than wherever you're at you're wrong you are absolutely wrong because I, I don't really know what your, what your footing is at this point. The whole boosters crap, get out of here. Get out of here, because what the coaches are looking at is the support of the fan base, and they want to get paid, and Auburn's going to pay their next head coach plenty of money, trust me, but I, I just don't know how you can see what happens Saturday night and not want to be a part of it.
1: That was one of the most electric atmospheres that I think Jordan Harris had in seasons. I mean, that was better than Penn State. That was on par with with the best of Iron Bowls. That was absolutely electric. And you can tell that even outsiders like ESPN, you know, neutral third-party observers realize that. Because how often after a game ends, especially a game between two, three, and six teams do they stick around and do live shots from the field for 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. That broadcast kept on going. Normally, soon after Cole Kubelik gets the second question in, they're cutting away back to the studio, and they're going to some other game. And ESPN sat there on it.
0: Yeah, Cole milked that for a little bit. Uh, Cole, uh, Cole, former Auburn player Cole came out, which I'm okay with.
1: Yeah, I mean, he got four questions to him, and it it, it was – and then they just followed Cadillac as he's going up the sideline, going to see the fans. They're you know they're doing a swag surf. They're singing the 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 fight song, the alma mater. I mean, it was it was like you see at the end of the season when these seniors are like, "We just played our last game and we're never going to be on this field again." But everybody was like that. No, none of the fans left. Uh, the broadcast stayed there, and it's just that's not something that you see anywhere else. Even if you factor in the extra bit of it was the interim coach's first home game and first victory. Even when you factor that in that kind of energy and enthusiasm and electricity is not something that is common on Saturdays in college football.
0: And and I think a lot of things go into this, right? I think one, the the point blank one is Auburn people love Carnell Williams. Uh, I think that is a huge part of it. Um, and, And he's, I say he's won everybody over. I mean, I think he won everybody over day one. But also the circumstances of who he followed, right? I mean, everybody's just so glad that Brian harson has gone. You've seen the energy circulate throughout the entire locker room. This roster, players seem to be having fun again. And I don't know how much of that is Brian Harson being gone and how much of that is Carnell Williams' approach to, to coaching over the last few weeks of the season. Could be a mixture of both. It could be all of one or the other. We'll have to see. But... And also, I mean, Auburn fans, they knew this game was winnable, right? I think this game would have been winnable if Brian Harson was still the head coach. I wouldn't have picked us to win it, but I still think it certainly would have been winnable because Texas a and not a good football team. And I think a lot of Auburn fans realize that. It's like, okay, here's a chance to get another SEC win um, before the end of the season. So I think there were some elements that went into this, but still, just the, the overall joy of this fan base despite being four and six
1: is kind of amazing, Lindsay. Yeah, and it it kind of shows you exactly what Brian Harson did to the program. Oh right. Like the losses on the field are are I mean that's that's play and see for everybody. Everybody sure. sees the record. But the lack of enthusiasm, the the lack of hope, the not feeling like you had a chance on Saturday. I mean like all of that stuff is gone with Cadillac, and I've listened to a lot of Cadillac Williams this week. Whether it was videos that Auburn tweeted out, press conferences, that kind of stuff, and Cadillac's big thing is he's like, like I just came in and we're loving on these kids. Yeah, you know, and it having listened to a lot of Brian Harsin press conferences from this season, especially after losses, the big difference to me in Brian Harson and now Cadillac Williams is when something went wrong under Brian Harson he would say in the press conference it was execution the play, you know which he didn't say the players but that is the understanding when you blame execution the players sure. did not execute my play call and then it was always i've got to be better i've got to find a way to fix it so it is the players didn't do it right i have to fix their problem Okay. And with Cadillac, it very much, when he's talked about places where Auburn has struggled, because there were moments, and we'll talk about it later in the show, but like there were moments where, a lot of moments, where Robbie Ashford didn't look great as a quarterback. Sure, But Cadillac Williams was very much in the mindset of, we're going to figure this out together. Like, I'm going to come here, I'm going to support these players, I'm going to inspire them, and then we're going to take time and figure this out together. As a it, goes,
0: it goes back to him saying, serve over and over and over again. He yep. wants to serve these kids, he wants to serve the Auburn fan base and lines up with that.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just it was amazing how much that little bit of positive like positivity to the flaws. Like how much that can change things. Where it's he's like, yeah, it it's not great. We, we will figure it out together.
0: It's what this team needed. There's no question about it. Just the breath of fresh air and Look, you look across all sports at Auburn right now. They all have—I—I—I I, I can't think of a head coach at Auburn right now that isn't loved. Right?
1: Name a bad sport at Auburn. Can't do it.
0: Yeah, but but even when like there was questions about Gus, the Auburn fan base still loved Gus.
1: The but Auburn fan base the, still loves Gus now.
0: Uh, that's true because Gus loved Auburn. Right? He gave some of his his money to you know he pledged it towards the awesome. Auburn football exclusive castle that that opened late last week. Uh, We're okay calling that a castle, right? Or a kingdom, whatever you want to call it. uh, I'm I'm cool with, Uh, because I think just football only facility isn't epic enough. Well, it's like be honest.
1: it's, I mean, it's where the tigers, that's like our tiger den or tiger lair, what do you want to call it? But, but no, it's, it's, this is a whole different program than it was two weeks ago. I mean, it it really is. And it feels like a whole new season. Like, it feels like Auburn is 1-1 and right now. Not Auburn is 4-6 and right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about that in a second. But every head coach at Auburn, like, they liked Auburn. And some would say they loved Auburn, right? Uh, It's just so nice to have a head coach that you feel like loves Auburn again. Because I I don't feel – I never felt that from Brian Harson. In fact, I never really felt like he loved anything. I think Cadillac comes in here. And his passion is just dripping all over the place. It's like, this guy loves everybody that he's coming in contact with on the field. So um, it's just so refreshing. It's so refreshing. I'm glad it was rewarded with a win.
1: So many people have said it this week in interviews. I, I, I saw a quote after the game from Derek Hall, things like that. If you love Auburn, Auburn will love you back. Oh, and all of true. those head coaches that we talked about, whether it's Butch Thompson, uh, whether it's Greg Williams, Bruce Pearl, whoever it is, all of those coaches have loved Auburn and we have loved them back. Gus Malzahn loved Auburn and we loved Gus Malzahn back. Brian Harson tolerated Auburn and took a paycheck. That's and the difference. He, and he's
0: going to continue to take one for a while. Sadly, yeah, yeah. All right. Auburn did something different on the field Saturday. Lindsay, in fact, is a little different than what we talked about even a week ago. Uh, I want to touch on that next right here. On Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by Simply Safe, the best defense for your home and for your family. We'll talk about Auburn's defense in just a moment, but you, you see how valuable a good defense is on the field, is even more valuable for your home with protecting your family. If you thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, You'll want to listen up right now. Lock on Auburn listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. That's the biggest offer of the year. And you won't want to miss it. Imagine having your home security set up where if an intruder comes in the front door, Derek Hall and Jason Jones are there to take care of you. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to mess with those guys. Obviously, I'm being a little dramatic here. They won't be standing there. But the impact that Simply Safe has and protecting your home um, with their emergency 24-7 professional monitoring agents that use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. They will make sure your home is taken care of. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off your new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Also, today's show is brought to you by our friends at the drugstore. Auburn's best, Lee County's best, the state's best, the world's best locally owned pharmacy. It's on North Dean Road. These folks are are born and raised in the East Alabama area. I went to high school with them here. I went to uh, Auburn University with them here, and they have taken over the drugstore, and it has been uh, really, really cool to see. They have any kind of, uh, you know, flu or pneumonia, shingle, tetanus vaccines. You don't have a, to have an appointment; you can just walk in. They also have a very convenient drive-through, and they offer delivery and shipping if you can't make it over to pick up your prescriptions. So, be sure to check out our friends at the drugstore, Lindsey Crosby, our guest today. Looking at some of the Pro Football Focus numbers, all these numbers are courtesy of Pro Football Focus. We talked a week ago, Lindsey about how, all right, this new coaching staff, this makeshift coaching staff, they had more of a rotation on defense. Well, this past week, that was not the case. So for context, throughout the season so far, Auburn's usually had between 20, 22. Sometimes we get up to 24, 25 guys play on defense, play on any side of the ball, but specifically on defense. This past Saturday, they played 16 guys, but one of them was Jeffrey Mbon. He played two snaps. So really, they played 15 guys. That surprises me a little bit, Lindsay. They're dealing with some injuries in the defensive backfields while they had to start some guys around. That's why Jalen Simpson's playing safety and doing a heck of a job at it, may I add. But that surprised me a little bit when I saw that number.
1: Yeah, and kind of going back and looking at some of the drive charts. When you, t- you told me that, I was a bit surprised. Uh, and then going back and looking... One, your defense is having amazing success. Yes. So what you're doing is working. And then when you look at the way that the second half unfolded, the first four drives for Texas, first five drives for Texas A&M combined took less than six minutes. Wow. Because they had like, they got the ball back and it was three and out. Then it was three and out. Then it was three and out. Then it was three and out. And And so, you're not having to rotate as much because the guys weren't on the field for long stretches. They had time to get off the field, to hydrate, to rest their legs. And then where you see Texas A&M finally have a little bit of success, getting a touchdown and things like that, is at the very end of the game when the defense has been on the field the entire game. But you don't see that. Like we saw it so much in the second half under the previous coaching staff uh, where – Starting off the second half, Auburn would be behind and tired and kind of worn out, and it didn't really look like that in this game, I think because A&M was so anemic on offense.
0: They were bad. A&M was bad. You mentioned the importance of hydrate. You have to hydrate to be great. There we go. Got to hydrate There to we great. go. That's right. Um, incredible performance from Colby Wooden. Obviously, the strip sack kind of solidifies all of that. Nehemiah he Pritchett.
1: That shot too. Did you hear that story? He what? He called that shot. So he was on the sidelines okay. and he said he, he he went to his teammates and said, listen, I'm going to do this like it's beatable. I've got to move. It's going to work. I'm going to go out there and get that ball. And then he goes out there in the first play and does it.
0: Then uh, Morris Joseph played 25 snaps. He looked really good. Saw more of him than we've seen, which is wild because. He had to have been promised a higher role. He had to have been. I don't know why he would have transferred here. With like, I mean, he's out of eligibility in like three weeks. So that surprised me that it's taken this long to see more of him because when he's on the field, I think he does a good job. And then, Lindsay, the craziest thing to me about the last two weeks on defense, and we'll, 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 we'll attack this from a couple different angles. Jalen Simpson playing safety it blows my mind how comfortable he looks in that role. Not because I don't believe in him. You know, I am a Jalen Simpson truther, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I love Jalen Simpson. I will, when he was struggling towards the beginning of the year, I'm like, I'm going to die on this Hill. Jalen Simpson's my dude, but man, him, uh, cause at corner he was struggling because he's like, he off ball. I, I just don't think that's his skill set. I don't think that's his thing. Well, when you play safety, you're always off ball, right? You're always ten, fifteen yards down the field, depending on what they have called. And man, he has just been great the last two weeks at safety.
1: Way to go, Jalen Simpson. Like it's it's there's something to be said and and credit to Cadillac Williams for going to the, the, the different coaches, whether it's Will Friend, whether it's it's Ike Hilliard, whether it's Zach Etheridge, and saying you are in charge of Personnel decisions, you you manage your position. You take care of it. You decide who's going to play, who's not going to play. And so we see on the defensive line, Morris Joseph getting more time. We see yeah. in the defensive backfield, part of it's because of injury, but part of it's because maybe Zach Etheridge had a feeling. I think he'd be good in this role. And it's working. And there's something to be said for find talented people and then get out of their way and let them do what they're good at. And to be a, a a coach in the SEC, you have to be a good uh, CEO. You got to be a good delegator, and if nothing else, Cadillac be like Williams a, is be a good. That he can do to be that. a good head coach. To be a good head coach, yes. Yeah, gotcha. And Cadillac is proving that he has the mindset that you need. I don't necessarily think he has the experience that Auburn is looking for sure. because the stakes are so high in this hire, but he's showing that he has the right mindset of. Mac Etheridge is an expert at defensive backs. I'm going to let him handle how that should look.
0: I'd love to know if Jalen would be playing safety if like Donovan Kaufman and Zion Puckett were healthy. That's my I'd next lo- question. I would love to know. I would love to know the answer to that.
1: Like When when one or both of those guys are back, what happens? Does Caden Bridges lose time? Because like, at this point, you can't not let him play safety. You can't take Jalen Simpson off the field now.
0: Can you take Caden Bridges off the? I mean, I guess you you got to take somebody, but I thought Kate. I mean, Caden Bridges is playing pretty well too.
1: He had a he was one of the, like the top ten defenders on PFF, I think. I, and so it's like yeah, a, he, okay. he was
0: ninth. Yeah. So Caden Bridges played sixty two snaps. Jalen played sixty two snaps. So they all played. um as many snaps as you could possibly play. So.
1: But that's a lot lower than we've seen in some other games where Auburn's been out on the field for 80 snaps on defense, 75 snaps on defense. And so Good I point. think that's part of the reason why you didn't rotate as much. is three. You didn't have time to rotate. You're rotating after they get a first down, and they just didn't get one for half the second half.
0: Yeah. So, so Auburn had their best coverage grade, and you can take or leave whatever pro football-focused stuff you want. Because some of the times, especially like coverage and like pass blocking or run blocking, I, I don't think it really matches up all the time. But it's a good measurement. Last week was their best of the season, right, against an air raid team. 81.3. They topped it this past week, 82.6. And I, I just love that the defense looks different. Um, even though they kept the D.C., they got rid of all the other Boise guys. But Schmetting's still here. I'd love to know how much he was limited with what he could do or how much of it is Cadillac saying, bro, what you're doing is not worth it. You got to change it. And this is what they came up with. I'd
1: love to know what that dynamic was. Everything that we're hearing behind the scenes and from sources is that there was a lot more, I guess, micromanagement of different positions and I mean, whether it was, whether it was recruiting, whether it was personnel decisions, play calls, that kind of stuff. And so they're, Credit the Cadillac Williams for letting the guy just go out and do what he thinks is best. I mean, Will Friend, Wilfriend was in his bag on Saturday night. Will Friend had a game. That touchdown pass, the wheel route to a wide receiver in tight on a bunch formation. Should have been two. Should have been the been wheel route cause, to Jarquez, too. Because like, Jarquez was open on the, yeah. the again. And like they just the work that Wilfriend did in setting stuff up and then using the payoff, got the touchdown on it, would have had another touchdown on it. I mean, it was against D.J. Durkin, who was a good defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's not, that's not A&M's issue for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got. It. I think it was a tweet. It may have been in the Discord, but I think it was a tweet that said, uh, was Brian Harson holding back, Will Friend? And it's like, I think the, the other question is like, did Brian Harson help anyone while he was here? <laughs>
1: I mean, just, what a disaster. You, you put a story out at Auburn Daily on Wednesday about Cadillac having a call Coach Cadillac with the player parents, and in essence, apologizing for the players not necessarily being held accountable going to class. I know Daryl talked about it yesterday, but gosh, I'm almost at the point now where I'm like, "What did you do right, Brian Harson?" Yeah, I mean, it's like you you didn't want
0: to do an IL, uh, you didn't want to recruit, you didn't want to recruit, uh, you didn't want guys to go to class, you micromanage your coaching staff. Like, I don't know, man. It's I'm so glad he's gone.
1: Yeah. So uh, glad he's gone. I really, I mean, and if he's watching, which I, he's not, but if he's watching, I'd love to know what you did all day. Yeah, no, I please really come would. on the
0: show. Please come on the show. I'd love to we'd love to hear it. No, that, that's just craziness. All right, what does all this mean moving forward? We discuss that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan, the thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan. They are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think about unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, uh, I'll go with Colby Wood strip sack. It led to sealing the game as Evan McPherson was able to get his first field goal of his Auburn career. I believe it was a 34-yarder. Congrats to the young man. I think he's going to have a great career here on the Plains. This segment's been inspired by the thrilling new designs Featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Lindsey Crosby, all focus now will be on Western Kentucky. You got to think some focus will also be two weeks from now in the Iron Bowl. How much of this do you think is like, okay, all right, bowl game or bust, or is it still just one week at a time for this team, you think?
1: feels like it's going to be one week at a time. If you had found sure. a way to get it done against Mississippi State, I think that then you're looking at, okay, now we can, we can be bowl eligible without having to beat Alabama. Not that you don't want to. Obviously, you always want to. Uh, it's always a good day to beat, beat Alabama. Uh, but the concept of that felt a lot tougher. I mean, obviously they've they've struggled a little bit this season. Uh, it's uncharacteristic two losses for them, and they're out. and LSU's going to Atlanta now, officially. Yeah, I mean,
0: and Alabama's still probably going to finish ten and two. Like, yeah, yeah, worst yeah. Like, case you're going to be nine and three. Like, they're they're still they're fine. Yeah, everybody's yeah. throwing out how they're you know it's messed up and they're struggling. It's like eh, let's think perspectives needed when you yeah. talk about that. Yeah, but I, I would. I'm sorry, Lindsay. I I would love. I would love for people to say Auburn was struggling and they probably be into season 10 and 2. Like I would
1: love that. Right. So like let all nice have some perspective to right when we talk about this. Yeah. Listen, Zach, there are there are seven year olds that have never known a bad Alabama team. Have some have some thought for those young children.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, so, that's right.
1: But that's right. I also think that maybe there's not a ton of focus on pushing for a bowl. Because you can kind of go back and you can look and you can see that Auburn's getting it done almost entirely because of the ground game. Uh, Tank Bixby, 121 yards. Jarquez, 121 yards. First time, apparently, shout out to uh, Justin Ferguson for the great stat. First time that two Auburn players have both been over 100 yards in the same game um, since the South Carolina game in 2017. It was Cameron Artis-Payne and Ricardo Lewis both had 100 yards rushing.
0: They were both over 100 yards against um, Alabama State last year.
1: Maybe it was the first SEC game. There you go. Got it. But either way, like it's, but I think you're you're thinking, okay, we saw what Robbie Ashford did passing the ball. And I think that you look at that, you're like, okay, this team is still flawed. This team is not dramatically different from who it was, under the previous coach. It just... The, the players have more have more fight and heart and energy. But 6-13 six yeah. for 60 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, got sacked only twice, uh, picked up about 45 yards on the ground, but just not... I don't know. He doesn't look very effective and comfortable passing the ball. And even early in the season when he was hitting deep balls, I mean that 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 Arkansas game is looking more like a fluke than it was growth in oh, Robbie Ashford. I think part well, of it too might be injury.
0: Well, everybody's been able to throw against Arkansas. Everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody.
0: So, I I don't know how much you can look at that game, but this uh, I'm with you like this team's not inherently better because they fired Brian Harson. I do think they believe in themselves a little bit more, and I do think that, you know, there there's they're fighting for each other more than than what happened a few weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, schematically, they're not just so much better than they were. Um, I think they are afraid, not afraid. I think they're being strategic in how they use Robbie Ashford because obviously his strength is his legs, right? His mm-hmm. feet. And I think this dude's really battling. Like, I think, I think he's, I mean, I don't think he's anywhere close to 100%. I no. think, I think he's hurting. And I don't think it's one specific thing. I think it's multiple things on his body that he is powering through because that's the kind of kid that Robbie Ashford is, which is great. That could be impacting his ability to pass. I do believe it's impacting his, you know, threat to be durable for the remainder of the season. And so if that's a concern, you don't want him running it 10 times, but Robbie Ashford's skill set, he probably should be running it 10 times a game. And it's just, I, I don't know how much design runs you can call and how much, you know, RPO with the quarterback's feet you can actually do, which I think is what Robbie Asher is going to be really good at if he's Auburn starter next year. We'll have to see. Um, so I think that comes into play to some extent, Lindsey. But also, I think there are some factors out of his control. Like, you know, the pick that was batted, like how much of that's his fault? I don't yeah. know. Um, sometimes he lost another center. Yep, lost another center. I think Jaleel Irvin was actually okay when he was in. Um, I don't think there was some dramatic drop-off like we saw in the Birmingham Bowl, but still, we'll see what that looks like. We'll see what happens with Brandon Council. Um, There are times when he needs to leave the pocket because there's pressure early, and there's two guys that weren't touched at the line of scrimmage, but there's also times where it's a clean pocket and he leaves. You know, so um, some things are out of his control. Some things are within his control but we all have to remember like, this is his first year starting. He is a freshman mm-hmm. and he looks like a freshman, but every now and then it all works out and it comes together. And it's like, man, this kid could be really good. This kid could be really good. Cause nobody's questioned his athleticism. Nobody's questioning his heart. It's just going to take time for him to to grow as a quarterback. And I don't know if Brian Harson was the best guy for that. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if anybody on the offensive staff right now is the best as far as a quarterback goes, I know we, there's a lot of love for Heartline right now, and we'll see uh, if he's retained and what that may look like. And, you know, I, I love Cadillac as what he's doing. I don't know how much Cadillac can develop quarterbacks. And so just in the short term, you, know, you got to get Robbie through the end of the year and hope he doesn't get hurt.
1: Yeah, especially with some of the reports of TJ Finley hasn't been at practice, and it's, I guess, your your backup's holding Garner and then you're looking at, um, you know... Trey
0: Lindsey. Trey, Trey Lindsey.
1: Trick or Trey. So it's 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 one of those... You always hope it doesn't it doesn't come to that, right? You don't want guys to not be available because of injury. And yeah. so we'll see what happens. I do also at the same time though, wonder if you you know, you go into that Alabama game and for it's probably your last game of the year. And so what does that do as far as the we don't have a tomorrow? We don't have to worry about uh, we can't run him a, a ton this week because he needs to play next week. I do wonder if does that open things up a little bit, and are there co- a couple little things that they have in the bag still that they're yeah. holding for that Alabama game? I'm curious about that.
0: Yeah, no, and we'll talk about this closer to time, but I think Alabama should be afraid of Auburn. Because an Auburn team with, with, with Cadillac as the face right now with nothing to lose, I think that's scary. Lindsey, how can people uh, hear you, read you, love you, support you, all that stuff, buddy?
1: My show, Locked on MLB Prospects, is available where you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Baseball, Uh, The writing, auburndaily.com, and the merch, aushirts.com.
0: You can read all of my stuff at auburndaily.com as well. We'll be back tomorrow. Charlie Tuesday, Auburn Mets legend Charlie 5 joins us. We are live from Barbaritas. We record those Mondays at 3 o'clock. Come by and hang out with us then. This has been Locked on Auburn.